Hello, FPL managers. It's another episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. As we have the next deadline coming up on Friday, we definitely won't have time to take it easy this week. So hence, we're recording another one. Game week 17 is behind us now, and with an average score of 72 points, it was a high-scoring game week. Let's see what game week 18 will have in store for us. In today's podcast, we'll be covering game week 18 and game week 19 combined, as after the Friday deadline for game week 18, the next deadline will follow already on Monday. We'll do our best to share some useful insights so you can successfully navigate those upcoming game weeks. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass, that's the question. So let's start with a quick review of game week 17. How did it go for you, Sirtop? And looking back at some of your decisions, are there any regrets? Absolutely no regrets. I feel like I have done my homework spend time on my team and probably couldn't have improved even if I have wanted to. Obviously, hindsight view will be different, but I'm happy with the decisions I have made. I got 90 points this game week. I mean, it's not great, but also not terrible. I barely moved in ranks. I think I moved from 1.1 to 1 million now, which is a little bit disappointing. I had high hopes after such a long break, but how was your week? Yeah, well, ninety points for you. That sounds quite good. Uh, <laughs> I ended with <laughs> I ended with eighty one. Normally, that would sound good as well. But as I mentioned before, the the average was quite high. So even with eighty one, I had a red arrow. Uh, I left Almiron on the bench with eight points, which is now the third time uh, I had him on the bench with oh. with some points. So it seems I'm not learning my lesson with him. Uh, but yeah, I expected Newcastle to have a tough game uh, away to Leicester, but it turned out again that Newcastle, yeah, they really do have a very strong team this season. So uh, we should know that by now. Uh, I also went for Foden, who started on the bench. But, well, if I wouldn't have gone for him, I would probably have chosen Concello. And he was on the bench too, so that it really didn't make a difference. And I'm still hopeful Foden will come good in the next game weeks. And then there was Reese James, of course, with the injury. Uh, really sad for him. Um, and yeah, also for us, we did talk about the risk with him last week. But uh, yeah, both you and I, we still uh, decided to take him in the team. And we kind of fell into the trap, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll try to learn from that and come out stronger. Um We received a lot of interesting questions, again, for Game Week 18. Thanks, everyone, for that. We'll tackle some of those in today's podcast. So first of all, as we talked about Reese James already, a lot of people are considering what to do. Should you be patient or should you just move on? What do you think, Sirtop, and what are some options we can consider as his replacement? It's a very tough question, to be honest, because... I mean, James was the perfect pick for our Game Week 17 teams, yeah. in my opinion. His EV was really high and his price was great. Regarding keeping James or rolling, I would only roll if there's a chance that you can get better EV by transferring two players to the Game Week after. So if you can allocate mm-hmm. funds, if you are trying to reach a higher priced uh, defender, for example, that you can't buy this Game Week, then it 
it makes sense to wait one more game week and then do the move later. Otherwise, I mean, probably you need to find a replacement because James will be out uh, a long time, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And order of importance for short term is Cancelo. Uh, I mean, his EV is great. And Chelsea defenders or Trippier, if you don't have him. Mm -hmm. Arsenal defenders are really cheap and they provide lots of EV uh, for the price. And then yeah. Newcastle defenders, other Newcastle defenders, I mean. Uh, so these are for short term. And for longer term, again, Cancelo has lots of EV. You might also consider Alexander-Arnold or Robertson. And then comes mm -hmm. Arsenal defenders again, Trippier, and optionally, some Brighton defenders because they might have a double. Those are the options that you can consider. And I was using the solver, and it seems like it's either Kukureya or Trippier for me. Um, okay. So yeah, I need to decide because their EV is close, so I need to... Toss a coin and decide which one I want. No, oh, and you don't have trip your end by the sounds of no, it. No, not right okay. now. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's hurting you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Plenty of good options. Uh, I made my transfer already after the Chelsea game. I swapped James for Cucurella. Um I looked at some different options, some of the names you also just mentioned. And personally, I felt like I just wanted to keep that uh, Chelsea coverage. Mm -hmm. uh, also because my other defensive options don't have very good fixtures this game week. So as always, it also depends on your situation. Of course, if you have good options on your bench, then you can also wait a bit longer and save the transfer. However, as Serta also mentioned, and based on what we could see during the game on television... I'm not so optimistic about James for the near future. So I think it's just a transfer waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Jürgen on Twitter was saying that he can make the upgrade from James to Concello, but he's having some doubts now as Concello was on the bench. Um, for me, I think it's an option uh, or it's more like an exception because, you know, we know that normally Concello plays most matches. So I think it, this was, uh, you know, just... That, um, yeah, I have to say that uh, one time that he's on the bench, mm -hmm. which can always happen during the season. So for me, that's not a reason to not go for him. You do need some extra cash, of course. But uh, how do you think about it, Sertop? Well, I mean, yeah, he's a regular starter. And I, I think we yeah. expect him to be a regular starter again. He gets this random benching you know, once a season. I think he had his. But... To be completely honest, I don't know the rules of Pep Roulette. I'm terrible mm -hmm. at predicting Manchester City lineups. I mean, I got burned lots of times in past. And there are people like Luke or Emma uh, who spend lots of time on this topic. So I would recommend following and asking them uh, if possible. When it comes to models, they often include the risk of rotation or li having limited minutes. And mm -hmm. since Cancelo was drafted last game, I think we can be a little bit more optimistic about his minutes going forward. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, he has the highest EV across all defenders in the game right now, uh, both short-term and long-term. So check with your <laughs> local Manchester City fan about his minutes. But I would buy him if I had the money and the option. Yeah. And if you still have a spot free, of course, for yeah. a Man City player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Personally, I went for Haaland, KDB, and Foden. So that's my three players. Mm -hmm. 
But um, yeah, I think most people went for Cancelo, uh, KDB, Haaland. And some people also went with two city options. So then, yeah, you can still go for Cancelo now, of course. All right, that was a bit of the defense. Let's move to the midfield. Uh, the big debate for game week 17 was whether to go for Salah or KDB as pre- premium asset. And clearly the Salah owners were the winners this week. But KDB looked quite good too, though. Uh, so for me, he's a hold. Um, but I did hear some other people on other podcasts saying that they are considering the switch from KDB to Salah. Uh, is that something you're considering, Sir Top? Or would you consider it? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that. It uh, doesn't sound very optimal to me. I mean, Salah's mm-hmm. next fixture is against Leicester with higher EV compared to KDB, who's playing against Everton. Uh, at mm-hmm. home, so there's almost like 1.8 EV difference between them. And then okay. the following week, Salah plays against Brentford, while KDB plays against Chelsea. So again, Liverpool has an easier fixture there. Yeah. But in game week 20, where KDB has a double, he has significantly higher EV. It's more than two points. And okay. if you started game week 17 with KDB, I would assume you were thinking about right. his doubles. So, yeah. in my opinion, no need to jump away right now. We, I mean, he had a decent performance, so I will wait. I will say yeah. stick to your guns and keep him. Yeah, I was thinking the same. You know, I chose KDB for that reason. So, for me, there's no reason to switch now. Even though, yeah, some people are saying you can switch to Salah and then you switch back to KDB. But, yeah, it's basically costing you two transfers. Uh, and, you know, it's always a risk without, you know, it's a risk you were ready to take to go without Salah. So we kind of have to sit it out, as, as you said. Yeah, I think we also have a question regarding like switching from Trossard to Mount. We will talk in a second. Um, yeah. So the same thing. So... So you have a player who has higher EV in, you know, upcoming fixtures, not right now, but in long term. And right. you also have another player who has higher EV right now, this game week and also the game, yeah. game week after. So spending two transfers is very costly, in my opinion, mainly mm. because we don't know about doubles yet. So there are right. chances that doubles might happen. They might not happen, and then you will be in an awkward position whether to, you know, spend two transfers just to switch from, you know, KDB to Salah now and then later to KDB, for example. Yeah. I feel like free transfers are very valuable right now, so that's why I will be tempted to wait. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's for the premium options in the midfield. Um, we also have lots of, let's say, more budget-friendly options, and also those guys who are performing quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the guys at Arsenal who basically all did well. Uh, we also have Marcus Rashford, who's quite highly owned, and he also delivered. And also Chelsea looked quite good with Mount uh, scoring 10 points. Um, and yeah, there were also a few disappointing options, or options, uh, disappointing players, let's say, in the last game week. Mm-hmm. Not too many, as actually most players delivered. But one of the disappointing guys was Trossard with just two points. And he is owned by 24% of the managers, so quite highly owned. And we did see some people on Twitter 
you know, asking with everybody else performing, is it maybe time to switch from CrossArt? Um, and for example, we had the, gr the Grand Ascent. He mm -hmm. was asking if he should consider moving CrossArt to Mount. So what do you think, Sirtop, and what is the data telling you? Yeah, as in the case with KDB, Ansela, Trossard's EV is mainly coming from later in like yeah. game week 21, 22. He has significantly higher EV compared to Mount. Yeah. So again, I assume that you have, but Trossard thinking he will stay in your team longer. It's true that Mount has a great fixture this game week, playing against Nottingham Forest, and then have, has a double in game week 19. He has good fixtures and good EV, but if Brighton gets a double, then you might right. want to go back to Trossard. Two transfers, in my opinion, is not worth this, you know, double switch. And also, like, especially if you have James in your team, you have a bigger problem. Yeah. So, well, if everything looks okay, and if you don't mind spending your free transfer, yeah, why not? But for most people, I think it is not an optimal move. Yeah. And indeed, with, with anyone owning Brighton assets, keep in mind that very likely they will get a double game week, mm -hmm. which just isn't confirmed yet. So especially with someone like Trossard, um, I would say, you know, try to hold on because uh, there will be double game weeks coming. All right, that was the midfield. Let's move to the attack. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mitrovic rewarded his owners with a big 15 points. And yeah, therefore he punished all the people who doubted him. <laughs> there was some early news that, you know, it sounded like he was injured. And that was for many people a reason to to move away from Mitrovic. But then he was uh, in the starting lineup, so that was kind of unexpected, and, and he came back with 15 points. So a big uh, advantage for those people who kept the fate. Um, and also with Fulham having an upcoming double game week, some managers are now considering to jump back to Mitro. For example, those people who went with Marshall uh, instead. Um, so Sertab, do you have any insights you can share about the attacking options for the upcoming game weeks? Well... Yeah, to be honest, you have mentioned also, but like, it's not like we doubted him, but <laughs> we mm. were given the information that he's not likely to play in the game or not, right. you know, start at least. And he's a yeah. great player. There's no question about it. And model was suggesting me as, as the optimal move going from Marshall to Mitrovic. I think it was two days ago, but I don't think I can afford him now. I had the exact budget before the price rise, but. Mm. Yeah, anyway, mm. for attacking for the next nine game weeks, by total points, uh, the order is Holland, of course, as usual, and then Kane, yeah. and Darwin, and Keita, and Mitrovic, Marshall, and Havertz. So, for okay. the price point, I mean, Mitrovic is very tempting, because even though Keita has a little bit higher uh, EV, uh, I think overall... Mitrovic has much better EV this game week and also the game week after because of the double. So right. if you can, I think jumping to Mitrovic ship <laughs> makes lots of sense to me. If you can do it, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a great option, great player too. Okay. 
Yeah, but for me also, I went with Marshall. And, uh, you know, I went with Marshall not just for last game week, but actually because United, they had three good game weeks. You know, mm-hmm. they play against Wolves now and then they play against Bournemouth. So for me, it's again a situation of uh, sticking to the plan, even though, yeah, Mitrovic did look good. But I, I don't think I will move, I'll, I'll spend a transfer on it, but I'll definitely keep an eye on him, though. Yeah. yeah. I think I will also keep Marshall for the record. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. if I didn't have James' problem and... Yeah. Well, still, with one free transfer, I'm tempted to roll. I think most people, I mean, will try to roll this, roll their free transfers if possible. I mean, except yeah. uh, like using for James. No, indeed, my original plan was also to roll the transfer, but now with the James situation, I, I, I used mine already. As I said, yeah. I moved to Cucurella. And for the attacking options, yeah, I was, it was mentioned in another podcast as well, uh, Newcastle have good fixtures from game week 20 onwards. So my plan yeah. is to stick to Marshall, and then I will probably try to move to Wilson if he's fit by then. Um, so that's maybe also something people can consider if you have the budget for that. Yeah. Then let's also look at some of the best captain options for the next game weeks, even though very few people will probably dare to bet against Haaland, I expect. But if you are that courageous, sir Top, do we have any other options? Well, it's the same discussion again. Holland currently has higher expected value compared to Salah. And currently in the ensemble model where I mix review and Mikhail Tokman's projections, uh, mm-hmm. Holland is at 8.48 in EV and Salah is 8.14. So 0.3 EV difference between the two. So okay. Holland is probably going to be optimal by the looks of it. I mean, higher EV and also much higher uh, effective ownership. And in fantasy football scouts, uh, captaincy poll, he he is leading with 70%. So 70% of people will captain Haaland. And Salah is second with 15%. I mean, mean, realistically, those two are the only options we have. And... So, 0.3 EV difference is not big, to be honest. So, you can actually mm-hmm. go with Salah and then get lucky with it. Haaland is the safe option as usual. I think I will captain him too. Yeah. How about you? You will probably Yeah, him. same for me. Even though it's a bit boring, right? But <laughs> you just you cannot risk going for someone else. I mean, yesterday with City and Haaland scoring two goals... My son, he was quite happy. He said, yeah, I have Haaland in my team. But I said, well, you know, you're not the only one. Everybody has Haaland. <laughs> Everybody is captaining him. So it really doesn't matter too much what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but if you don't captain him, then of course you will be behind the field. So yeah, I'll, I'll also go for Haaland. And how about game week 19? Can you also look at that one? Yeah. Let me check. Game week 19... Because as I mentioned before, the deadline is coming up already on Monday. So mm-hmm. people don't forget about it. <laughs> January so for, 2nd, that's already. yeah. So for Game Week 19, it's a little bit interesting. Because 
Mitrovic has the highest EV right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we have Sterling, if you have him, and then Salah. So these are the top three options. But okay. I feel like, well, I don't think people will be. So people are always skeptical about double game weeks, right? So yeah, I wonder if people will be tempted to cap captain like Mitrovic. I mean, he's a good player, has a double. You yeah. know, you might be thinking, why not? But <laughs> I don't know. People are very skeptical when it comes to double game weeks usually. So how about you? Yeah, like, are you? Thinking. Well, it also depends on who they play in, in a double game week, right? Yeah. In this case, they play Chelsea and Leicester. Mm-hmm. But we, we have seen that Mitrovic can score against anyone. Um, so that's the good thing about him. But then still, you know, they play against Chelsea. So that's a pretty difficult game. Um, but yeah, why not? If you would dare to go against Haaland, then this could be one of those game weeks that you could give it a try. One other thing to mention with Mitrovic, as other people also mentioned, that is he's on four yellow cards. Oh yeah. So, you know, you, you might choose him for a double game week, but then if he gets another yellow against Chelsea, then yeah, he, he misses one of those two games. So that's, let's say, a relatively uh, yeah high risk, I would say, that... Even though he has a double game week, he he could miss one. So that's oh, something yeah. you just need to keep keep in mind. Yeah, yeah something I have <laughs> totally forgotten. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here, Sir Top. Oh, thank you <laughs> for Some, saving sometimes me. Sometimes you might forget something. So that's <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> there, man. All right, cool. Uh, okay, well, I think we covered the main points uh, regarding the players to consider for the upcoming game weeks, also based on the questions we received from Twitter. Uh, but besides those type of questions, we also received some questions about the analytical methods that Sertob is using mm-hmm. and also around the uncertainty, um, how, you know, how we should handle uncertainty for unconfirmed double game weeks. So let's cover some of those questions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there was this question from Ed, and he was asking when it's best to pick the EV optimal team versus running multiple simulations. And he said, you know, let's let's use 100 plus simulations to pick the players that come up most. So how do you, you look at that, uh, Sir Top, in terms of different ma- methods you could use? Mm-hmm. So, um, great question, and also I would also recommend checking the the question to it because there was also a discussion below it. So uh, it's a great discussion overall to learn more about it. So when it comes to running multiple sim- simulations or running sensitivity analysis, running it every game week is a good idea, and the reason is this. So. When optimization is working, it picks the best player regardless mm-hmm. of the difference in EV. So if you have two players and one player is only 0.01 higher than the second one, so even if you run the optimization 100 times, it will always give you the same solution. It will always prefer the player with, you know, tiniest bit of higher EV if you don't add any randomness to your model because optimization 
is exact. It will give you the optimal solution regardless of how many times you try, you will always get the same answer. But if you run it within a simulation or I should say a sensitivity analysis where you add a random noise to players, then you mm-hmm. should see that those two players will be picked like 50-50 because their EV is almost like the same. So then you know that, okay, these two players are almost identical. I need to choose based on which player I trust more. Or maybe you yeah. can consider the risk factor. Like this player is owned more, so I will go with him to reduce yeah. the risk. Anyway, so running sensitivity analysis is a good idea every game week. And so EV optimal team is always a good option. So you can run and then get the EV optimal team and then pick that transfer or the squad. I don't think you will be in a bad position if you have chosen the EV optimal. Mm -hmm. If you have time, though, running simulations Mm -hmm. is always a, well, a better option in terms of reliability. But the, Alright. Biggest con is running those simulations, uh, they take a long time. I mean, because mm-hmm. you need to solve the same problem hundred times with diff- like slightly perturbed EV, it will take lot- yeah. a long time for you to, yeah, finish those runs. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then there was an, another question from FPL Mayer. He was asking about how the model is dealing with uncertain fixtures. Like, for example, are you working with different scenarios or how does that work? So the best way to deal with uncertain fixtures is using stochastic optimization where you separate scenarios one by one. And for each scenario, you give like 100% of one fixture. You assume that this will happen. So you are listing all the different combinations. That's the best mm-hmm. way. And in last seasons, it was easy because there were only like one or two fixtures that we don't know, or maybe let's say three fixtures. So you can actually list all those eight scenarios and then solve them mm-hmm. using stochastic optimization. I don't know the number, maybe five or six games that we don't know exactly. So it okay. means lots of scenarios. I feel like mm-hmm. it was, I, I was going to use stochastic optimization, but I felt like it's too much. Um, so a simplified way is to assume, well, only focus on the games that are likely to happen, who are already close to 100%. If there is a game with probability 70%, for example, you can try mm-hmm. both ways. Assume the game will happen with 100% probability. And also in the second round, assume that it won't. So if you generate all these scenarios, you can either use stochastic optimization, so where you upload all these data together and then make a choice based on uh, these different scenarios. Or if it's not an option, solve them separately and try to see if there's a pattern uh, between them. I know it sounds... Tedious and a much easier way is just using the default percentages because I mean it it will modify the EV right. So if you have mm-hmm. a player with high EV, if a double happen and if like and then not if they don't have a double, then getting the average is the best thing you can do. Um, so I mean if you are using like FBI reviews planner, like you can keep the default percentages for fixtures. Um, and then solve it that way. I, I think that's a good enough way to solve it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
All right. It's not a good one. And then there was a question from Rob, and he was talking about the potential double game week 21 fixtures we might still get. Um, and he's saying, you know, as the announcement still has to come up or has, to, you know, it still needs to be announced. Um, it's, it's a good thing to hold on to some of the transfers because it will be useful then. So how should you use that in your analysis? Should you maybe assign some extra EV to rolling a transfer or how are you dealing with it, Zertop? Normally we assign a free transfer a value of 1.5-ish. But in this case, if a double is confirmed, uh, well, you are getting two EV right away because you have an ex extra fixture. And then you're likely to get a player with a higher EV too. So I will say probably more than four points. Mm. So, well, if you consider these, free transfer value should be at least 2.5 in my opinion. And if not more, it could be even three. Mm. And so estimating an exact value is very hard, but you can compare two scenarios. You can assign a double game week. Uh, well, a fixture 0% probability and run it and then 100% probability and run it again and see how much difference you are getting by transferring that player. And based on the actual probability of fixture to happen, you can actually estimate what's the value of keeping your free transfer. Because, I mean, if you use your free transfer now, you won't be able to reach to that higher expected value. So that's a net loss in my opinion. So free hmm. transfer is very, very valuable right now. I mean, yeah. it goes without saying, but yeah. 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 And I think it stresses again, the point we made earlier that you shouldn't think too lightly about certain moves. For example, you know, moving KDB for Salah and then going back to KDB in two weeks, because as we said, it costs you two transfers. And especially with some of those double game weeks coming up, you will probably uh, want to keep them. You want to keep some flexibility for later on. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think that covers it for today. There were other questions raised as well. And you can see some of the answers Sertalp gave on Twitter. But for the podcast today, I think we had a nice mix of game week related questions and also more general ones about analytics. And I'm sure those latter ones uh, made you quite happy, right, Sertal? Yes, analytics questions always <laughs> make me happy and people are asking about the optimization and also like sensitivity analysis. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I, and I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> because I know you're not super interested in those stuff. No, I am. I'm always learning about it and, um, that, you know, it's definitely interested. So thanks people mm -hmm. for uh, sending in those questions. Yeah. Thank you very much. And before we go, uh, I ran the solver last night uh, to see what the optimal wildcard teams, if you were using your wildcard right now. And mm. I tried with my budget first and then also a relaxed version with a higher team value for the next nine game weeks. And then mm -hmm. and again, I used a mix of review and Mikael Tokwam data. And the optimal team for my, well, for the budget, uh, team value, my team. Yeah. It is, uh, Kepa and Ederson in the goal and Gabriel Dunk, Kukureya, Alexander Arnold, Botman in defense, Saka, mm -hmm. Martinelli, Mitoma, Salah and Andreas in midfield and Mitrovic, Darwin and Holland 
in forward. And if you had higher team value, and if you were using your wildcard, the only differences are, um, so it replaces Botman with Walker mm -hmm. and Mitoma with McAllister. Those are the only two replacements that I can tell. So yeah, I mean, the, so the part that makes me happy is that my team is not too far from this. So even, if, even yeah. though like we have uh, one, we have moved one more game week. But yeah, I just wanted to mention in case people are just wondering, you know, what's a good team in the long run. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm really surprised actually that Trippier is not in it because he's scoring so many points. He is. I mean, he's... Um... His EV is good, but I mean, yeah. in the, for the long term, I think, I mean, Alexander Arnold is the obvious, uh, okay. know, interesting yeah. pick here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, this is the, again, the no transfer optimal. So it might be right. better to start with, I don't know, like maybe Trippier and then buy Alexander mm -hmm. Arnold at one point in future. Yeah. Those, yeah. those optimal teams are different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. It's good to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm have those again uh, to keep in mind when we're considering our transfers. So that's it from us then for this episode 27. Thanks again for listening and best of luck with game weeks 18 and 19. We will be back with another episode in the new year. From the both of us, here's already an early happy new year. Um, and yeah, as I said, see you back in 2023. You can subscribe to our podcast so you'll know when the next episode is out. And while you're there, it would also be great if you could leave a review. We can also be found on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. Good luck, everyone, and talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>